everyone, and welcome back to Orange Power Half Hour. I'm here as always with my dad, Shane Smithen. My name is Shelby Myers, and we'll get into it. Um, Cincinnati comes into town for homecoming weekend, and we kind of pull off a rouse, dad. 45 uh, to 13, I know it looked um, not that good at half, but we ended up turning it on. What do you think? Yeah, it was a really slow start, but um, the Cowboys pulled away in the second half as they've um, – seemed to do here of late and most comfortable win uh, really that I can remember in, in a lo- long time, certainly all season. I think even if you go back to the two wins uh, to start the season, I'm not sure that uh, that it felt like the Cowboys were in control as much as, as it did in this one. And I don't think we can go any longer without for the how many ever week, week in a row now <laughs> talking about our man, Ollie Gordon. We have 200. To. 271 yards on 25 carries, 10.8 yards per carry average. Uh, That's a first down every time he touches the football. That's bananas. Um, You know, and and again, maybe he didn't do it against uh, the defending national champions, but Cincinnati was averaging uh, just giving up 100 yards a game uh, in, in rushing total. They had not given up. Um, even a hundred yards to a single back. The closest anybody had come was uh, Miami of Ohio had a tailback rush for 75 yards back on September 16th. And Ollie goes for 271. It's just bananas. Yeah. He's, uh, he's completely insane for sure. Um, And I think that we starting to get some, um, some hype around him now. And I, uh, I hope he can keep it up as we, as we play the um, Gooners this weekend, but um, just an incredible performance by him. And especially with the numbers he's had the last several weeks to keep that up and to keep finding holes is just remarkable. Well, yeah. And you're talking about some of the national uh, hype, you know, I think he, for the third time in a row was the big 12 offensive player of the week. I think for the third time in a row, he was the Walter camp player of the week. He pulls off uh he pulls off one or two more Walter Camp weekly players of the week. He's he's going to end up winning that award, which would be you know great for him, great for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, although you know it's known uh, by a lot of folks as running back, you hadn't had a Walter Camp winner. That award right. isn't as old. I can't actually remember when it started. Maybe maybe nineteen. 88, 89, 90. Well, it couldn't have been 88 or Sanders would have won it. It must have been about right. 1990. Yeah, it's got to be after him. Uh, you, you know, and of all the things that we've talked about with Ollie and as amazing as he's been, I, I want to talk about something initially that sounds bad about him, and that is he had his first fumble of the season. Mm. And uh, the reason I want to bring the fumble up is – is to talk about his reaction to it, both yes. both in terms of his on-field reaction uh, and and his just his you know his personal reaction to it. You know, after he fumbled, he came off and and slammed his helmet into the uh, ground four or five times. I mean, we could we had a good view of it from where we were seating, setting in, um, and and I know Coach Gundy got after him about it pretty good and and told him that you know the you know, best backs in the, in the world that he's uh, had the chance to play with there at, at Oklahoma state, you know, don't do that. And the NFL guys don't want to see that 
and, and and look, I think that's all true. I certainly NFL guys like you to be composed and, and, and they tend to stay away from that. But the, the place inside of Ollie where that reaction was coming from, I was fine with. I love it. I, I, I could tell, I could tell he just was so mad at himself because he feels a responsibility, yep. not only to himself, but to this team. I think he knows he's got this team on his back Yep. and he felt like he let him down. And, and so, uh, you know, while I think coach Gundy's point was, was, you know, was fine and, and, and appropriate, I like the I like the emotion. I like the fire. That Ollie, yeah, yeah, that Ollie Gordon has. I like it that it upsets him when something doesn't go good. And then I like what the young man did afterwards. After the fumble, he goes back out and plays the rest of the football game and averages sixteen point five yards a carry after the fumble. So, I just uh, his his emotion, I think, is is a huge part of who he is and how he plays, and you can see it. Um, you can see him bouncing around down there on the sideline. Uh, you see him dancing with his teammates, celebrating with his teammates, you know, even into the fourth Hyping quarter. Up when, the O-line. Yeah, when he maybe you would think he would be tired. I saw I rewatched the game after we got back and and I, I saw a, a shot of him down on the sideline after the game. And the guy didn't look like he'd broken a sweat. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's he he just looked like a. You know, like a, a, a happy-go-lucky kid, you know, yeah. having a big time. Yeah, and you've touched on his um, reactions, and I just want to touch on, um, and maybe this is maybe this is credit to some of the leaders on the team like Ollie, but our team's reaction in general, and I know we've touched on this, and I won't harp on it too long, but the reaction from, you know, the early losses this season to to not lose the locker room, to get the locker room on board, and when I, I think you have guys like Ollie who who can can react to those um, tough goes or fumbles or or whatever, and and turn and it just motivates them more. I think that's how you have a successful season in this league because you are gonna because it's too good, right, to not have um, to not have bad weeks and not have bad games, and the fact that we can, have got this thing turned in the right direction um, is shocking. And, and hats off to to some of those leaders like Ollie, who I think, um, you know, some of the younger guys have, have looked up to, to, um, for his, for his leadership in the, in to how to handle himself when adversity comes. Well, I think that's right. I mean, that's, I mean, that's sports, right? I'm when, right. when, you, when you get hit with adversity, um, you know, players and teams usually do one of two things. They either, they either, you know, fold up and, and they quit or they put their, you know, big boy or big girl pants on and, and they get after it. And that, and this team fortunately has reacted the, the second way, you know, we, we kind of, you and I've talked a couple of times about, you know, second half Ollie, uh, you know, we used to talk about second half Cade Cunningham, but mm -hmm. you know, second half Ollie, not, not that he's not playing well from the beginning, but I just think because of his style and because of his uh, heart and his, and his just overall attitude, you know, he wears, opponents down and mm -hmm. and he, he did better. that he yeah he did that again you know this week he had I think 60 yards at half he had 90 yards in the third quarter he has 121 yards in the fourth quarter uh, you know he just he just keeps getting better as the game goes on and and really what you said is true you could you could kind of say that this has been a 
you know, uh, the second half Cowboys kind of a season, mm-hmm. you know, they played really pretty poorly through four games and now have, have really turned it around. And, um, and I do think there's a, I think there's a conditioning factor with, with this team that's, this sure. may be helping, uh, you know, I continue to, to, to feel like, you know, Rob Glass is as, as good as there is in the business. And, you sure. know, you look at this game just from a team standpoint, you know, Oklahoma State got outrushed 194 yards to 79 yards in the first half. In the second half, outrushed Cincinnati 236 yards to 83. So right. I, I think that second half, uh, second half theme's been holding it up. Yeah, I agree. Hey, and while we're on um, talking a little bit about offense, uh, you know, traditionally besides besides Ollie and besides Barry and Thurman Thomas, I would say that we've predominantly been, um, you know, a receiving team. We've had some really, really fortunately had some really good receivers to come and play for us. Um, and now our game plans looked a lot differently. Obviously, when you have a back like Ollie, you got to feed him. Um, but we're also pretty banged up in the receivers position. I think um, I wanted to touch on Leon Johnson because, uh, boy, did he come out and have a have a pretty good game. And I think he still maybe had a maybe had a couple drops, if I remember correctly, and still had five um, five catches for 150 yards. So I'll take that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, he played good enough. I'm giving him a nickname. I, I'm calling him LJ Trey. Uh, okay. He he did have he did have a couple of drops. He could have had maybe another another 20 yards, but he made some some big time catches at some pretty critical times. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're backed up against our own goal line down there, and uh, and Bowman throws the big fade ball to him, and that was a a tough adjustment, uh, you know, to kind of make to the football. He had to kind of turn his body and go go back to the outside and. He went up and made a, a a big time catch, and you know that he's the kid that uh, came from George Fox University, which is out in Oregon, a, a D three school, sure. and um, uh, he but you know catches of sixty seven yards, twenty three yards, forty three yards, and, and I'm sure there's a bunch of people you know saying, "Where's this guy been? What are <laughs> right. we doing? Why why haven't we been playing him?" But you know this kid is six five, and I can't. I think he weighs right around two hundred pounds. They they said when he showed up on campus, you know, he was even thinner than that. And I think he was just physically undeveloped and they felt like there yet. they could really get more out of him and he could get more out of himself. If he, if he spent a, t- uh, spent a year, you know, in the system getting uh, bigger and stronger, he apparently the program he came from did not uh, have a particularly good strength and conditioning program. So um, you, you know, I, I understand based on all of that, why they were trying to shelve him, but, um, you know, without, without Shetron, without green, um, right. without Bray, you know, right. Cowboys just didn't have a chance. And, uh, fortunately, you know, this is a kid who's, who's apparently followed the, the old coach speak deal and, you know, have yourself ready, your turned ankle away, you know, mm-hmm. whatever anybody ever wants to say, because, uh, when his name got called, he, he was ready. Yeah. Um, another name I'll throw out there who I've really enjoyed watching on the receiving end is uh Rashad Owens. I thought he still played um pretty good and he's kind of came on as of as of late. Would love to get Presley um the ball a little bit more. Uh, but you know, when you're having when you're having so much luck up front with 
with Ollie. It's hard to spread that, uh, spread that love. Yeah. He, they, I think they are, they, they are, you know, at least involving him in the offense mm-hmm. more. They're doing a lot of things with him with motion. Like we're seeing yes. so, so many teams in the NFL do the Miami dolphins, you know, come to mind, but um, they are motioning him in and out of the backfield and doing some different things like that. And, you know, and I think we kind of touched on it, but we also need to give those those big boys up front, uh, sure. you know, a lot of love because um, they've been playing, you know, certainly better and better as the season has progressed. And Absolutely. you know, as a team, as a team, Oklahoma State rushes for over three hundred yards, and 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 this kind of I think slid under the radar with some people. We had six hundred and one yards of total offense. That's that's getting back to, you know, yeah. the kind of offensive numbers we used to put up with Mason Rudolph and, and Brandon Whedon, although now we're doing it uh, primarily on the ground instead of through the air. Right. Yeah, also, offensive line, second straight game without allowing a sack. I don't think I um, knew how many total offense yards we had. That's, that's yeah, you're right. That's getting right back to our identity as of several years ago. So that's that's promising. I like that. Um, and I know we've touched on it week after week, but you have to give credit where credit's due, right? Those, those O-line have been, uh, those boys have had a lot of criticism and, and, and from myself as well. Um, and they've turned that on. And again, I just, I'm really proud of how this team has responded to, to some adversity and, and in just a lot of injuries and stuff and just trying to, um, to be healthy enough and, uh, switch guys around enough that you can still pull out any, any victories, let alone a 45 to 13 victory. So I'll take that any day of the week. Um, let's talk about defense, dad. What do you think overall? I thought it was a, uh, the little note I wrote for myself was defensive weirdness. And I, I wrote that because as I sat there and watched the game, I, I didn't feel like we were playing very well defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looked like Especially watching it live. Right. It, it looked like they were doing whatever they wanted to do, you know. And, again, we gave up some really big plays. You know, they had a 53-yard pass for a touchdown. They had a 63-yard run for a touchdown. They averaged at the end of the game. They averaged 5.5 yards a carry rushing the football. That usually gets you beat. Right. Um, we gave up 442 yards of total offense, which again, a lot of times will get you beat. I thought we had more missed tackles maybe than we had in the, in the last couple of games. And every time I was just disgusted with how we're playing, I look up there and, and they've, they've got seven points on the board, you know, for, for most of the first half and, and into the second a little bit. And they end up with, you know, 13 for the game. So I, I'm not 100% sure, even having watched it live, how we got it done. Uh, we we won a, we won a game where we didn't win the turnover battle. You know, they they mm-hmm. got uh, they turned it over twice. We turned it over twice, but uh, you know, we did come up pretty big on the money downs. They the Bearcats were six of sixteen on mm-hmm. third down and zero of two on fourth down. The Cowboy defense continues to be just uh, yeah. you know. A, a steel curtain on fourth down. So, um, yeah, it was just a, a really odd game from that standpoint. I did think we had some individual guys, you know, that really played well again. Nick Martin, I, I guess you'd have to say, yeah. Shelby, he had, a, he had a slow day at the office. He only had 12 tackles <laughs> instead of 
you know, his typical 17. He had a sack. He had two tackles for a loss and a quarterback hurry. Um, he's up to 83 tackles on the season. Uh, and just to put that in pers- some perspective, I've com- compared him a little bit, you know, his tackles to uh, to Malcolm Rodriguez, but to <clears throat> go in a different direction, you know, Jason Taylor, who mm-hmm. was an awfully good defender for, for Oklahoma State for a number of years, uh, Jason Taylor had 99 tackles all last year and, and Nick Martin's, you know, up to 83. So, yeah, um, awesome. Uh, Malcolm did have 129 tackles in that special defensive season of 2021, but, you know, Martin's on pace for, to, to almost tie that, uh, he's on pace for 124 if he keeps it up. Yeah. Well, I hope he can. Um, I think you're right though, defensively that it's, it's one of those games where the box score doesn't match the final score and you don't really know, don't really know how you got there. Um, because I, I was frustrated with the defense as well, watching the game and then, you know, can't really complain about just letting them put up 13 on, on the day. Um, so kind of weird, but I do think, um, that we will have to tighten up, um, especially in the weeks to come, especially in this week. Um, cause I don't think that there'll be as much cushion offensively as we had against Cincinnati. Yeah, well, if you look at the statistics, uh, the Big 12 statistics, they're they're not good defensively for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's, you know, at the bottom or the very bottom in in most of them, um, and and chunk plays, giving up big plays, right. uh, they're dead last. Kryptonite. And um, you know, I I certainly don't think you're going to want to uh, turn the boys down the road loose for a bunch of big plays uh, this Saturday. All right, well, we got to talk about him. We hate him. It's Bedlam week. What do you think? Well, it's uh yeah, it's it's a, always an extremely emotional game, you know, it's uh, uh for us or everybody. I I, I well, I I think it's I think it is for most Cowboy fans. I think it's probably somewhere um somewhere beyond unhealthy for for right. us personally somewhat psychotic uh, yeah yeah probably psychotic is probably a good term um I, you know i think when we when we show up to cheer in bedlam we 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 bring the hate um i don't think there's any doubt about that true and and anybody i think for the most part that's grown up uh an oklahoma state fan you know feels that same way because yeah uh, you know the the series hasn't gone <clears throat> hasn't gone uh, our way m- most of the time and their fan base uh is really good at at reminding you of that fact and mm-hmm. trying to rub it in and and again it's a fan base that's made up of a good number of people that don't really have an affiliation or association with uh the University of Oklahoma other than they went to Walmart and bought a hat right. and so it, I think it's tougher to take it from those right from those kind of folks um, so yeah, there'll be, there'll be plenty of, uh, plenty of animosity, you know, in, in the stadium on, on Saturday. I, I do think what coach Gundy, uh, has, has said a few times is true. Uh, and I watched some of the kids being interviewed, you know, on the sports, uh, on the news last night. I, I don't think they, I don't think they feel that same level of, of hatred. Now they may get out of school and, and you know, and, 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 develop it at some point and maybe not now that this series is ending but um you know i know they were talking about trace ford which is right. a, a 
big sore subject with me. I don't, I don't yeah. like guys that, uh, you know, there, there's a word for people that go from one team to the other team, uh, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally that's been trader and, mm-hmm. but I don't think those kids that, that played with trace and had become his teammates and friends look at it that way. They were, uh, they were talking about looking forward to the opportunity to face him, but more in a, uh, more in a friendly, you know, kind of a almost joking way as opposed to just, you know, thieving like I think mm-hmm. I would be. Can't relate. Yeah, I can't relate to that either, but I'm sure when the lights come on, they'll uh, they'll all they'll all play with uh, the appropriate level of of emotion and determination. Yeah, obviously like you said an emotional game um and, and a lot riding on it, right, too. I mean, at this point, I think in the beginning of the season we thought it, it probably wouldn't matter at this point because we'd already, you know, had we would already have had if we were on the trajectory that we were on with those um, early, you know, losses, this game really wouldn't have mattered anyway. Right. Because we would have already been, you know, down and out um, and we're not. And so there's not only is it the last bedlam. So there's there's bedlam emotion that comes with every bedlam every year. There's the emotion of this being the last bedlam and then there's emotion on the fact that we've got a we've got a chance to to at least be in the conversation um for the big 12 champions if we can take care of business the rest of the season so there's um there's a lot at stake and um it's i think part of the trickery with bedlam is finding the balance between hate and playing with a lot of uh passion and not trying to do too much and still staying true to who you are. Yeah. There's, you know, the opportunity to play yourself into the big 12 championship game is, is, is there. I mean, you know, we're, we set in a a five way tie for first place. So this game that looked like it was a throwaway, you know, game, um, you know, four or five weeks ago uh, now, now Oklahoma state's, you know, trending in the right direction and, and is poised to to make that kind of a run and and controls their own destiny. I mean, if you went out, you're going to be in the big Big Twelve title game. I, I do think um, beyond just what's what's good for Oklahoma State, I, I do think uh, there's a way to look that look at this where you're you know you're carrying a little bit of uh, of the conference banner with you too. <clears throat> you know, right. Oklahoma and Texas left this league in right. the lurch. You know, when they yep. announced their departure. Uh, to the SEC, and and since they've announced their departure to the SEC, neither one of those quote blue bloods have been in the conference uh, title game. And three four weeks ago, it looked like a foregone conclusion that they were going to have a Red River absolutely Red River rivalry matchup rematch for the conference championship. And and now both of those schools have an opportunity to get knocked out of it. And right as as much as I want to win. Bedlam. I think I'm almost uh, almost equally motivated by keeping both of those schools out of the right. Big Twelve Championship. I'd love to send them off to the SEC uh, with neither of them having made an appearance in the last three Big Twelve Championship games. I think that would be, I think that would be uh, uh, karma, you know. Uh, and and I also think it would be just another another reminder should the national media ever choose to to look at it or think about it, that just because you're in the sec doesn't necessarily mean that, that, you know, that you're all that, that you're better. I, you know, one of the, one of the early games this season that got played that nobody ever talked about uh, was 
you know, BYU went to Fayetteville, Arkansas and, and, and beat Arkansas, you know, mm-hmm. Arkansas is one of these vaunted SEC teams, you know, uh, BYU is a newcomer to the, to the big 12 team and, and not currently ranked uh, highly in the big 12 standings at all, even though they've got an SEC, uh, you know, pelt on their belt. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- those are the kind of things you never hear about. So, uh, you know, I'd I'd love to to send them pack into their new conference without uh, an appearance in that title game. Well, and and to add another thing, Dad. Um, you know, obviously we go head to head recruiting wise with these guys a lot of times for the for the in state um gentlemen. You know, Oklahoma is not a huge state, and there's not a ton of you know three, four, five star talent. Um, and the ones that the ones that are there, um you know, want to probably want to go play for the team that's, that's winning. So I think it's another reason, um, to turn it on this weekend because you got, you got to get the, you got to get the next, um, group of dudes to come and play for you. So it's, it's not only bragging rights, but it's, it's recruiting, it's TV time. It's not letting them get the last, you know, not letting them get the last big 12, um, conference championship game under their belt or their last bedlam or whatever else. There's plenty of reasons for OSU to be severely motivated to get this done um, this week. On the other side of that, you know, I know we both cheered for um, KU this weekend in their upset against Oklahoma. They upset OU 38 to 33. And we both knew we'd regret it at this point in the week (laughs) with how, with how fired up. Oh, you will be to to come in here and kind of reestablish reestablish their dominance. Um, so we we did we do end up regretting it. I think as I think we've talked about. Um, I'm hoping that uh, you know, we can come on, jump on them early, and and stay on them hard. Well, I, I yeah, I mean, the reason we did, I think, is is because of what we were talking about before. We're trying to come up with ways that neither OU or Texas end up in that in that title game and. And for that to happen this year is as competitive as this league has been within itself. Um, you know, you're going to have to have probably two losses to to knock somebody out. So there are a couple of um, not definitive elimination games this week in the Big 12, but but probably quite possibly elimination games. The loser of, of Bedlam is is looking. Uh, it's looking like a long shot to get to the title game and and the loser of the Texas Kansas state games probably in that same boat. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping the, the state for state boys can, uh, can pull it off and, right. And get those wins. And, um, you know, I, regardless though, uh, it's been a, it has been a tremendous turnaround and, you know, we haven't talked about this, but uh, with the win last week, OSU got themselves bowl eligible um, that, that was a streak that, you know, again, after week four, we, we did not think, I didn't think we we're going to win another game, right? let alone, uh, become bowl eligible. And that was a, a, a streak of, of 17 years that we had going. So now it'll be 18 years and, and that stuff's, you know, it's not necessarily that anybody at Oklahoma state at this point's goal should be to be in the, uh, Hulon weed eater, you know, For independence sure. bowl or, or whatever. Sure you're talking about but uh but if you're bowl eligible that means you're going to a bowl game that means you're going to have bowl practices and those extra bowl practices the teams that don't qualify for a bowl don't get are a big deal it's almost like a uh second you know spring opportunity Mm -hmm. they they get to work a lot of their young kids during uh bowl prep and so 
those extra practices that they earn, you know, it's, it's a big, big deal. Um, and again, just didn't look like it was going to be possible a, a few weeks ago. So, uh, really like you, I'm, I'm proud of the team for turning that around. Um, with the win this past Saturday too, uh, we should mention coach Gundy now, uh, third time or, or is, is in third place all by himself in terms of big 12 wins. Uh, he has, um, 99 and uh, boy wouldn't you like to what what a better way to get a hundred right, right? yeah a hundred during bedlam that would be a manifest big deal. it shane speak it into existence <laughs> he trails only bill snyder and and bob stoops and you know he stays around uh, a little bit longer he'll he'll get both those guys yeah that's a would be an exciting um would be an exciting number to hit for sure this weekend um it should be a pretty good um pretty good crowd 230 kick um i think the weather's supposed to be pretty decent um so i am anxiously awaiting hopefully we won't have a uh, bedlam baby but i do think that it is a possibility at this point yeah uh for for anybody that's listening that doesn't know Shelby Myers is not only pregnant, she's exceptionally pregnant. <laughs> and uh, I think they've told her at this point, uh, it could be any, any time. And, um, I, if, if it happens in the fourth quarter of a tight game, uh, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know if you'll even tell anybody we may have the baby at the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll keep that part to myself. I think it's, uh, was it coach, uh, Sean McVay for the Rams. I think he was in a press conference the other the other day. His wife's pregnant, and he said, "My son knows better than to come on a game day." Um, yeah, I, I saw that quote too. <laughs> I, I won't be quite that forward with it, but um, it I'm I'm assuming that my blood pressure will go up just just a tick. So, um, yeah, it, it might be a it might be a triggering event. I got I got to I got to throw one uh, other football thing in your your husband's. It your husband sent me a, uh, a little thing. I think he picked this up from Brett McMurphy, but I thought this was interesting. This was rushing statistics for the last two weeks. Um, Liberty university, 724 yards on 115 carries Georgia tech, 596 yards on 83 carries Cincinnati, 565 on 93 carries Boston college, 554 on 97 carries Ollie 553 yards on 54 carries Jacksonville state 527 on 110 Kansas state 522 on 98 West Virginia 512 on 83 it's I mean he they've got Ollie Gordon in there you know individually listed against against these teams uh and, and so it's crazy that he's putting up numbers that are competing with competing and, and, and surpassing entire teams, but then it not, it's not just the yards, it's the carries. If you, if you listen to these carries, he's done it on so many uh, fewer carries. It's just unbelievable. You know, 115, 83, 93, 97, 110, 98 and 83 are those teams carries to produce the yards that I threw out. Ollie's only toted it 54 times to produce those 553 yards the last two weeks. That's just, again, that's, that's insanity. More, more craziness from, uh, from Ollie Gordon, who I don't think we mentioned is now the, the nation's leading rusher at, at 1000. 
87 yards, leads leads the nation in rushing per game at 135.9, leads the nation in yards uh, in carries in excess of 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards. Just he's just crazy, and uh, you know, and, and maybe the biggest statistic for Oklahoma State fans, right? The first guy uh, to have back to back. 250 yard rushing games uh since a guy that you might have heard of named Barry Sanders. Yeah. Um pretty good company if you ask me. I I hope the uh boys up front can get him a couple more holes so he can keep those um keep those stats climbing. Hey dad, I did want to touch on this cuz I did mention us being a little banged up in the receiver's position and I obviously think um, OU and everybody else knows um, who we're trying to get the ball to. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about finding Ollie a hole. So to stretch out that defense, um, and we're going to have to let it fly some, who do you think we're going to let it fly to? Have you heard anything about um, injuries? Do we have a chance to get anybody yeah. back? Is this the Jack Smithton injury report? This is the Jack Smithton injury report <laughs> brought to you by yeah, I- us. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Jack ought to have to throw in a little money. I, I know. I'm going to make, make him start recording the injury report, and I'll plug it in. Uh, I have heard that uh, that Blaine Green will be back this week, um, and okay. so that would be that'll be helpful. Um, and I think there's a chance, uh, not to, to your question on receivers, but I think there's a chance that the Cowboys get Jason uh, Brooks back in the offensive line. Both of those would be great, but. Right. I haven't heard um, I haven't heard anything positive at all about uh, Shetron or Bray. In fact, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that that Shetron has been lost for the season. I don't think there's been any public uh, confirmation of that. And of course, for people that haven't paid attention, the probably the Cowboys' best outside receiver, Deshaun Stribling, you know, was hurt way earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. I think he got to play in a couple of games. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll you'll probably hear the media talk about how banged up OU is. You'll probably not hear them talk about the fact that you know we right. we literally at this point. Uh, I think I heard uh, in the fourth quarter last week that every single receiver position um, that the backup by the fourth quarter was a true freshman that had had never played. So um, that that shows you a little bit about how thin the Cowboys have gotten at receiver. So. Hopefully, getting uh, Blaine Green back will be some help, and and then uh, my our, our guy L.J. Trey, our our, yep. our newfound our newfound secret weapon, he's got to come on with it. Well, and you know, obviously, uh, I think you're right. I think OU will stack the box. I think they'll put seven, eight guys uh, in there and and do all they can to take to take Ollie away, and and that's gonna you know that's gonna put a lot of weight on Alan Bowman's shoulders and those receivers' uh, shoulders and. Um, you know, I, I, this team doesn't do a great job, uh, doesn't have a lot of speed guys that can just go separate. So I don't think we're going to be throwing, you know, a, a whole bunch of fades, you know, 30 yards down the field like we used to do. But um, but that's OK. I, I mean, I think Alan Bowman's game, I think what he, you know, was adept at doing when he was at Texas Tech was was playing uh, basketball on grass, you know, and, and right. finding those short uh, passes and and just doing enough to move the chains and uh, you know certainly we'll have to stretch the defense occasionally with a big ball but um, I think he's I think he's good enough uh, and and goes through his progressions well enough that 
mm-hmm. you know, he can find those open guys and, uh, can't, you know, we just, we need to not have any drops. And, and obviously right. this is probably going to be a game where, you, you know, you can't afford to have any, any turnovers going to need to, to play stay, uh, yeah, play clean, stay upright in the pocket and, um, you know, can't take a bunch of sacks and, and play behind the chains, which again, Bowman's been great at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I think you're exactly right. I think we're going to um, have to play a clean ball game and I think uh, not do a lot of things wrong. Cause I, I don't think our opponent will allow us to, and not take advantage of it. So I think we're going to have to, to come ready to go. Um, and they played, I, they played very vanilla this last week. You know, we watched that game and, and uh, Jeff Levy, OU's offensive coordinators come under quite a yeah. little bit of heat this week for, for a, a, a pretty, a pretty vanilla game plan. You know, they didn't really even try to throw the football much. The, their weather conditions probably had a little bit to do with that, but you know, well, they'll, uh, they'll come, heard, they'll come ready this week. Yeah. He's heard enough noise this week that I, I'm sure they're going to come out and, and, you know, just uh, let it fly. They'll probably even run, you know, a, a few trick plays of their own. And so, you know, our, our young secondary is going to have to be on its yes. toes. Yeah, we're gonna our secondary is gonna have to be um on their on their toes and we gotta we gotta eliminate those big plays that we've been allowing all season because uh it'll be uh it'll be critical in this one for sure. Um what like are you I predicting said, for the uniform, Shelb? I hope we go all orange um for the last bedlam. I would love us to go um all orange and I think it, it would be appropriate to go out for the last bedlam in all orange. And I think since we didn't do it for homecoming, what better time? Yeah, I, that's kind of what I'm assuming will happen too, particularly with it being a two thirty game. I thought if we drew a night game that we might give some thought to a, to a mm-hmm. second blackout um, mainly because I think everybody's still, Yep. Um, still talking about how good those all black uniforms looked. I, I will say this past week, you know, we, we rave every week about how great, uh, OSU's uniforms look this last week. Wasn't my favorite combination. No. I, that tricolor combo. The black didn't, pants was way too harsh. Yeah. I just, I didn't really love it. Now I did love the helmet. If you looked at the helmet, the, the, clo- the, helmet, the close up oh, of the helmet, sick. <laughs> Yeah, the the orange, black, and white stripe in the middle of the helmet, which I did think was a nice way to try to tie in the tricolor look that they wore. I just thought overall it didn't. Yeah, didn't I look think the, the pants needed a stripe too to tie in the helmet because it just didn't all it didn't all work. But um, now, if we're going to beat people forty-five to thirteen when we wear that outfit, yeah, I'll, wear, I'll, I'll wear it every time. Yeah, I'll wear, we can wear dresses out there. I don't care. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, it should be it should be a good one. Uh, two thirty kick, decent weather. Last bedlam, let's go get it. You got anything else? No, just bring the hate. Let's bring it. All right, that's it for Orange Power Half Hour, and um, we'll see you next week. Go Pokes. Go Pokes.